This is the podcast for April 16th, 2010. It's not safe for work. It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. You know, I, one of the things people did float the idea of Hillary Clinton as a Supreme Court nominee. I kind of like the idea of Bill. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just yeah, for the I hearing. Do too. I, I really want to see Bill Clinton having a hearing with all the these senators, just looking at them with, yeah, you know, yeah. back in the day when you were just a squirt running down my leg. <laughs> you know, I, I, I could to, to try to impeach him. You know, uh-huh. to... oh, hey Joe, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, no, don't hide behind that woman next to you. Come on out here and talk to me, you, you big bear. Come on. Oh, Let's talk about that knife you put in my back. <laughs> really? Three, really? four, five, or six times. Yep. Hello, Blue Gal. It's, it's Bill Clinton. How you doing? How how you and that drift class son of a bitch doing? Jealous. I, mean, I, used, to be, I used to be the first black president. <laughs> that was my claim to fame. <laughs> And that and that Obama fella took it away from me. Oh dear, he's um, so I, charming. Who? Bill. William Jefferson Clinton. Bill, Bill Clinton is so Bill Clinton, charming. So he so he takes he charms the pants right off you. Birds out of the trees <laughs> and into your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Maddow was on the Daily Show last night. I heard. Oh. You'll pardon me saying this. Rachel Maddow on the John Stewart show is the liberal double dildo. It really is. Oh God! It, it is. That's it right I, there. It's like, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I just said it was like you know, May, May Day and Christmas for us commies. You know, commie Christmas. But it is commie Christmas. You outdid me there. Well, you, yours is yours is nicer. Yours will I pass. Can, you, the, my, mine passes the. Yeah. Yeah. You kept us below the not safer work that's threshold. That's right. I, your job have, is to make sure we have to put that not safe for work yes, label that's on my job. every show. <laughs> every single stinking show. Yes, she was on The Daily Show discussing a fairly serious subject. Yes, she was. She She's doing a documentary on Tim McVeigh, and she had to edit something like 40 hours of Tim McVeigh tape, which is just, yeah, just beyond belief that, that you've got to be, that you've got to be you a, have for a rent- really strong gut to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's it, it's you've got to be you have that that sort of the forensic yeah. mindset mm-hmm. that what you're going to look at is horrible, but you're doing it for the the greater good. She was talking about one thing in her interview with John Stewart last night because we, as we've discussed, we're going to talk about race and bigotry, and that is you know how much publicity do you give someone like this? And yeah. I think that's a really uh, important question to ask, given that. Uh, a lot of what we bloggers do is, hey, look at that outrage, yeah, you know. Yeah. And we've been doing we, that very, very well for eight years under Bush. That was really easy. <laughs> we do, we do. We We're do. addicted to outrage, and uh, and and righteousness. And so, part of our job is to mm-hmm. point at the evil and expose it, and hopefully make it evaporate, or at least lessen its power. Yeah, you know, it's not as if the bigotry is new. 
<laughs> right. That's and that's the point. It, that's it's the not, point. Yeah. There, there are certain, you know, Tim McVeigh um, is in a class with Al Qaeda. He's in a class with 9/11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is, it is a, it is a horrific event specifically designed to create publicity. Mm-hmm. There's no way to not talk about it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's no way to not talk about what led up to it, what it means, and so forth as a, as an event. I think that what liberals did during, let's say, the last, the last eight years, but certainly the last six years. We talked about those things which the media categorically refused to talk about. Right. Um, right. We pointed – we didn't point – I can't say as a collective whole because as you know, I speak for all liberals everywhere. I know you do. Yeah. Throughout all time and space for all history. But we did not point our itty-bitty little blogs at um, – promiscuously at things that were silly or foolish or, or ridiculous. We do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But by and large, the great sort of um, upthrust – of blogging, especially around 2004, um, which is when I came online, mm-hmm. was centered around the fact that terror, the, the government was doing really awful things about it. Mm-hmm. And what was most frightening was the the conspicuous silence of the media, the complicity of the, the media. The complicity of the media, of, that, of cheerleading. That was, yeah, a lot that was of genuinely yeah. terrifying when you could have people go on television and say, just lie. I mean, they do it now. They, they, they've gotten addicted to it. Yeah. But go on the go on the television, go on radio, and just friggin' lie mm-hmm. um, over and over again. Change their stories over and over again. And you had you know, these, frankly, pussies in the media who absolutely would not call the Bush administration on anything they were doing. Mm-hmm. There were mm-hmm. some rare exceptions, but the general rule was um, if Dick Cheney wants to go and meet the press and lie his ass off, well, that's just fine. Yep. Um, that's, you know, he can just go right ahead yep. and do that. And the only thing that the media was going to report on were the crazy liberals who kept saying that, you know, these, these wonderful America. conservatives who hate America, yeah, who hate America. Uh, what, you know, what the hell is your problem, John Dean or, or mm-hmm. Howard Dean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with your, you know, the only thing they reported on in the Dean campaign with any relentlessness was his one scream. Yep. Yep. Um, it was a clear, open, above board, you know, it was the, the vast right wing conspiracy, yep. except it was right out in the open. I think there's a real qualitative difference between pointing that out and getting outraged about it and just being relentless about not allowing that to happen, even if yeah. you only shine a little bit of light on it. Yep. And and um, I remember, geez, probably 20 years ago, I think I got this right, um, Nightline, when Ted Koppel was doing Nightline, they had – um, I think it was Fred Phelps. I can't be absolutely positive about that, but it was certainly you know the clan on – or Fred Phelps on some really just you know blatantly evil creature mm-hmm. on the air, mm-hmm. and you know I believe the uh, the rationale Ted Koppel gave at the time was well you know we have these people on the air to uh, expose them uh-huh. to to show them for what they are do we just let them talk and and you know, their evil sort of just seeps out that's ridiculous that's yep. a lie yep. because all the people that you know yep. who would be outraged by what fred phelps says today yep. would have been outraged by the same thing yesterday you didn't need to point out to them that that being a monster is a bad thing well and there was another time even more clear in my memory i don't remember the fred phelps interview but i certainly remember the judge roy moore interview mm-hmm. when they had uh the he had been elected to the Supreme Court of Alabama based on the fact that the ACLU had sued him for having the Ten Commandments on the wall of his little 
Gadsden yeah. courtroom. The reporter asked him, you know, well, what do you say to the Buddhist or the Hindu uh, person who comes into your courtroom? And you have these Christian symbols and this Christian prayer. Uh-huh. And Roy Moore looked at the reporter and said, well, this country isn't based on the teachings of Buddha. It's based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's right. And the reporter's mouth just hung open yeah. like, oh, and oh, my God. And sure enough, they just let him talk. That's but he spoke exactly to his constituency. Right. Everyone who was, as you say, everyone who would be outraged by that was already outraged by uh-huh. him. But he got a bunch of converts, didn't he? Well, he he was already uh, chief justice ra- of the Supreme Court. He'd already been he, elected by this time, but he was. He yeah, raised his he, profile. And then Roy Moore went up to New York City, and he told them, uh-huh. you know, he he defended his faith, and and then and so what happened? I mean, this was, you know, the the he he marked the way for Sarah Palin. He was forced out of office by the other judges after he put his illegal Ten Commandments monument. That had to be removed, and so it wound up going on some sort of holiness church tour <laughs> with with Roy, who now the, you know the geezers of God does the love does the love offering goes you know from one crystal cathedral to the next. Sure, God of Palooza speeches, yeah, God of Palooza, and huh. Sarah Palin shouldn't God bless her for you know going yeah. off and making millions of dollars doing that as long as. Chris Matthews isn't discussing her possibility, the possibility of her being sure. president of the United president. States. Yeah. As long well, as, I, as I think everyone agrees that she's completely unqualified to hold office Sure, anywhere. As, as long as that's the bottom line of yeah. every critique. And we that, don't have to talk about her yeah. as anything. And, and Bill Maher is on uh, another thing that's on the Crooks and Liars uh, video cafe. And, and the reason we talk about that is uh-huh. where you can go and get videos. Um, uh, well, and, and by the way, we are featured there every week. Thanks we are to featured the there every week. Heather. Thanks to Heather. Yes. Yeah. Heather, we yeah. love you. We're not just talkers. We're content provision experts. <laughs> or content provision visioneers. There you go. Yes. So hire us at that rate. Hire us at <laughs> Boys and girls of, of liberal AM radio. God. Yes, this is our resume. What Bill Morrow said was, I totally understand why I want to talk about Sarah Palin. I'm a comedian. <laughs> you know, the, the answer to your question, which originally was, do you think it is, so I think the, the general gist of the question was, is it healthier for democracy mm-hmm. to right. expose the you know, the bigotry and, and xenophobia and, and bad things generally to the cleansing sunshine of public scrutiny, yeah. uh, or is it healthier to make sure that those things are kept, you know, <laughs> the hell away from the spotlight? Yep. I, I think if we actually had a robust, aggressive media in this country, mm-hmm. then it would be perfectly healthy. But we don't. We have or, a freak show. A, we have a, a, a media we have that a, is corrupted. I mean, I, never mind. It, well, we, know, we have a freak show. You know, we have a, a one or two channels that are entirely devoted to propaganda from the right. Mm-hmm. Um, uncritical regurgitation of lies yep. uh, pretty much 24 hours a day. And again, 30 million people who believe every friggin' word of it. Yep. And, and it, believe they're made smarter by listening to yes. this. Yeah. I mean, and, if those, and if their attitudes were actually influenced by exposure yep. to facts, I would say yes, that would be a good thing. But they're well, not. What they're really imper- scares me is that they're impervious there's, a, there's, there's something about Glenn Beck that some women find attractive. Well, yeah, and he makes them for the first time in their lives feel smart by standing in front of a chalkboard and writing stuff down. 
and, and then squinting at the cameras if you know haven't you thought about this doesn't this make sense i'm just asking a question this just you know yeah. trying to make little connections here oh yeah this uh-huh. is this is somehow you know firing off neurons in their head oh, to make hot for teacher i'm on. hot for teacher sickening to me <laughs> yeah well but it, like i said if we if we actually had a an informed electorate which mm-hmm. we don't and we had a, a robust and aggressive – and I don't mean informed liberal or conservative. I just mean informed, people who were remotely interested in sort of basing their opinion on something loosely orbiting the general area of a fact every now and then. Mm-hmm. And they were in some way um, still amenable to reason. And then I'd say, sure, put the camera on them. But it hasn't worked. The entire conservative uh, uh, march towards power over the last 30 years has been based entirely on – Getting in front of a camera and just lying yep. and and telling you know great big whopping bullshit lies about liberals, about politics, about economics, about race, about uh, religion, about the Bible, about everything. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't. And the fact that they have been exposed in the glare of the spotlight hasn't done one little thing to change you know the the twenty or twenty five percent of this country that are just hardwired authoritarian fascists mm-hmm. in their hearts mm-hmm. one one iota it hasn't changed them one little bit now there might be some people in the middle who are you know the kind of indecisive um waiting for someone to tell them what to think mm-hmm. uh or, or are not full and to be a little more charitable who aren't fully informed on the issues and those people might in fact be um influenced by facts and by aggressive journalism but we don't have that mm-hmm. we have a freak show right we have People, and which is why the, the, the irony, and this is not saying anything everybody who's listening to this doesn't already know, mm-hmm. the irony that we have, the, that the major, most trusted man in American journalism is a, is a comedy show guy. Yeah. Is, is John Stewart, yep. who runs a comedy show. Probably the second most trusted person is someone like Stephen Colbert. Probably the third most is Bill Maher. They're all stand-up comedians whose mm-hmm. entire act consists of pointing the camera mm-hmm. at the world running 10 minutes of video and then looking into the camera and and saying can you fucking believe this yeah. that really is their entire act yep. you know does the cleansing sunshine of of the spotlight and media help purify the body politic sure and if we actually had that in a country this country I'd say let's do that mm-hmm. but we don't which is why we have bloggers frankly mm-hmm. there would be no blogosphere if it if not for the fact that something had to rise up from the gorge of democracy to push back against a solid tide of incredibly aggressive anti-democratic fascist lies that were sweeping over this country and the media wasn't doing it and political politics as usual wasn't doing it the right was aiding and abetting it appeals to reason to people on the right was failing utterly all those centrist nice centrist quiet David Brooks types who were, you know, supposed to be the reasonable conservatives were going right along with it. Mm-hmm. The tide was all sweeping in one direction, and the only people really who were standing up and saying no, let's stop, let's let's look at what they actually said. Is does does what these people are saying match reality at all? Their 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 political memory goes back about five minutes. Right. Right. Whatever it was that was on the Limbaugh show yesterday is all they remember. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk to them about Watergate or you talk about Nixon or the uh-huh. the this, the watching the Republican Party go about for, Bush. I mean, that you can't yeah. even go back. No, I six not months that. because the they, economy is Obama's fault. You know, I right. mean, go, right. uh, um, 
You guys stole the election you want. It's your fault now. Yeah. Yeah, but you know these things have causes, and the causes are what we have to talk about. La la la, Acorn. Yeah. La la la, SEIU. Yeah. And they've really gotten to the point where they're governing philosophy. They don't have a governing philosophy. No. Well, that's the problem. Is they're not ready to govern at all in any well, way, and that's and that's what's terribly sad about the Republican I, Party. It's very, it's a loss to our society that there aren't two parties prepared. To debate issues to, based on facts and have two different philosophies about government, so that you and, can and, have a push and fight over them, push you back and, and forth against about each other, it. right? And argue civilly. To do that's it fun. Is. It's a ball, but and it's important. If I could get with my church group and say to them, and they're an older conservative group of people, you know, GE made 1.3 billion dollars in 2009. You know, last tax year, they just did their tax returns. Uh-huh. And they made $1.3 billion in profits, and guess how much they paid in taxes? And, you know, crickets, and then it's, they didn't, they got a refund. Yeah. And, yeah, real. and we're they won't closing, believe. we're firing teachers. Mm-hmm. Because your legislature has, <clears throat> you know, needs to grow a pair and start taxing corporations that are making huge profits. Uh-huh. So that we can pay for schooling our children, that needs to happen. Well, what and what you're talking about is is reintroducing into the uh, into the social curriculum, the mm-hmm. cultural curriculum, what used to be called critical thinking skills. I know, which are you know, just, yeah, which taxes, are gone. Taxes bad, government bad, liberals well, bad, and it and that's and uh, well, it's and it's, and it's, it's fake. Critical thinking that is Glenn Beck in front of a chalkboard. Exactly. And people are it, hungry for critical something. thinking. And so they're handed this. Yeah. Oh, look. And like, oh, wow. He's Stop. making, you know, he's really making sense to me. He has. I had a teacher once that used chalk. Yeah. They're probably both right. <laughs> you know, exactly. And it, it, but exactly. It's, it's introducing to, to, to people who haven't done it for a long, long time the concept of a, a journalistic concept, which is asking the next question. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it that lied to me? And at some point, if they start asking themselves that question, they start to find that, oh, my God, the people I've trusted my entire adult life, hate radio, Fox News, are all wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, everything I believe, everything I take as gospel in a literal sense, as absolutely axiomatic to my thinking and my belief system, is entirely fucking wrong. Well, that didn't happen by accident. Someone has been lying to you your whole life for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the next question is who and why? Mm-hmm. And that's the question that conservatives are just too cowardly to ask themselves, mm-hmm. and they pull, and that's when they retreat to well, you know, both sides do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, both sides do it, which is the last conservative firewall. The the other thing I wanted to bring out in terms of bigotry, it's an article. It's a huge, well done. Uh, it's a learned rambling. Learned rambling about yeah. the history White of whiteness. Yeah, yeah, the history of whiteness in America. And all these black scholars are now really studying uh, race theory and how Irish people used to be considered less valuable as oh, yeah. a work person commodity than a slave. Yeah, my, my ancestors were much oh, cheaper yes. to kill off <laughs> for <laughs> labor. You put them on the, on the, for a uh, while. On the gunpowder boats because yeah. if they exploded and five Irishmen died, well, that's not. So- Anybody, that's, nobody needs to write off that as property. You know, that's not right. a loss of property. That's, that's right. We can replace those with five more Irishmen tomorrow and 
get on with and, the work and, and make in money. Case, in case you conservatives want to know where, where the nation's not respect for, but fetishization of, of property rights came from, mm-hmm. it was back when the days when you could own other people. Yeah. That's when it became an absolute fetish among yep. people to protect property, property rights at yeah. all times. Because personal property, yeah. yes, it meant land, it meant a lot of things, but it also meant access to voting, mm-hmm. access to power, and it also meant the ability to keep slaves. Yep. And but it, that's but isn't it interesting property. too that one of the things about this article called, which is called Beyond the Pale by, I want to sp- pronounce it right, Khalifa Sana, I believe is how you pronounce her name. The fact that a lot of what is going on today in politics over race. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to be egocentric about this, but, but this article points out that a lot of the debate and um, hatred and uh, viciousness that's going on isn't between whites and blacks. It's between two groups of white people. Uh-huh. Uh, and and the, those are the two groups we've been talking about this whole <laughs> podcast, frankly. Um, the you dirty, know, snobbish hippie. The very snobbish, you know, liberal elite, which yes. is white. Uh, and and yeah. guilty as charged, you know the the uh, blogosphere with with some notable exceptions. You know, there's Pam at Pam House Blend, and there's Black Snob, and there's uh, a few others Field, that are Field Negro the, and and the the Field great Negro. and lamented Stephen Gilliard and, and the the Godfather of us all, Stephen Gilliard. But with with those few notable exceptions, the blogosphere is overwhelmingly white male, college educated, college educated, and. Uh, and of a certain age. And of a certain Shall age, we say. Shall we say. Yeah. Old enough to remember what a, uh, let's say, mainframe room looked like. Yeah. 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 We all got our start in the computer room somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So there's that class of people, and then there are the, the teabaggers. And, uh-huh. you know, a lot of the vitriol that's going back and forth here is between those two groups of people. There, This article talks about that. Very funny website that was then turned into a book, What White People Like, or Things White People Like. <laughs> yes. And it turns out that the white people he's talking about are those white people that read Daily Coast and Boing Boing. <laughs> and know, watch The Daily Show. And, and watch The Daily Show and like coffee, like or, organic yeah. coffee, uh, strong. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. Think, I think I know some people like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm so in that kill box right yeah, there. right. Yeah. Right. And my toe is sticking out of that box, but the rest yep, of me is firmly exactly. inside. Exactly. Yeah. So before we sort of get into this, you know, this is, this is about how horrible the teabaggers are towards black people. Let's not forget yeah. that it's a very ethnocentric group of people that we're standing in the middle of. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pointing our yes. fingers at. Yes. And as usual. And, and, and we go back to our, our yearly Coast cocktail party, and which which I've never been to. So. Yeah, I was at one. I was at one. And it when really it was. Welcome. You. When it came to you, you went, yeah. right? I, when when, when they, they literally moved it to my city and moved yeah. it a few miles from my house, moved it from the castle, I sort of had to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it really was, you know, welcome white people. Yeah. yeah. You know? Hello, white people. Hello, white liberals. White liberals. And it, yeah, come on in. And come you know who that – well, there was, there was one, one black gentleman of note there. And his name was Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. He's from Illinois. Uh, he, you know what? Back then, he was black, and he still is. Yeah. He, in a sense, disrupts the question of race. Well, that's what uh, I wanted to bring up kind of as our last segment is his position as – and I hate the word post-racial president. I don't think that's it yeah. at all. We just spent 38 minutes talking about how <laughs> – 
how <laughs> not post-racial we are. Well, I'll tell you that it's you know post-racialism in America. People who say that are a lot like the 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 last reel of every John Wayne war flick. Yeah, yeah. You know, where the where the private goes, it's okay, Sarge, everything's fine now, and they yeah. get up and boom, right oh, to the head. Yep. We're not a post-racial society by a long shot, but mm-hmm. things have gotten better. In fact, if you want to see how not post-racial we are, go to the neighborhoods where Barack Obama was a community organizer yeah. in Chicago. Yep. Chicago is still a profoundly segregated city, and I want that's. To interrupt you just one moment sure. because. Oh, please. Uh, a tweet just came in on my Twitter stream from a blogger I love, William K. Wolfram, who you may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. And he points out via Shaggy Shapiro that Keith Olbermann just tweeted a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolfram said, wow, he really is a liberal. <laughs> Let's get yeah. back to Obama. Up until the past couple of weeks, I've always had in the back of my mind, thinking about Barack Obama, that no one else knows what it's like to be the first black president. Yes. Except for him. Yes. And what kind of pressure that is and what kind of how heavy. Although I'm sure I'm sure he tells Michelle every friggin night because <laughs> <laughs> they have a really good marriage. And I'm sure he comes. Honey, you're not going to believe what Joe Biden said this afternoon. <laughs> So I'm sure there's at least one other person who at least gets an earful of what it's like to be uh-huh. the first black president. Yeah. Hey, hey, first black president, how about you sit your ass down and help your, yeah, your well, daughter her the mother, homework? Her mother walks in the room yeah. is what happens. Yeah. Yes, it, well, you know that's, how impressed she is. Yeah. And, and I think we've said before, this is like the first normal family. In the White House in, in the White decades. House, yes. in decades. This completely normal um Sort of all American, you know, a husband and wife who love each other. Yep. Uh, normal, you know, yep. kids mm-hmm. and the mother-in-law and grandma. Yeah. Without a lot of drama, yep. without a lot of you know uh, hijinks or yep. speculation or because you know you know what he does at the end of the day he goes home and sleeps with his wife. Yes, he does. Yep. And they, you know what they probably do? They probably fuck a lot. <laughs> you know, because he's a healthy. Attractive man and she's a healthy, attractive woman. They love each other. Yeah. And they're committed to each other. You know what they probably do? They probably, they probably do what healthy sex. couples yes. do. They have sex a lot. Here's that's what terrifies. You want to know what terrifies white America? The idea that black a black man, the black sex woman, in the in the Lincoln in the, on bedroom the Lincoln or wherever bedroom, it is, yeah. But they're knocking boots on the Lincoln bedroom and not feeling sorry about it. No, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. yeah. And you know why? Because that's their house. That's their house. It's their house. Yeah. It's their home. Yes. Yeah. But the, my thinking about Barack Obama in the past couple of weeks has changed a little bit in that, I, as I said, I, was, I, I have thought for a long time about the burden that he carries being the first black president and the uniqueness of that. Uh-huh. But he's also the latest black president or the last black president to have served. And there, I, I really get a sense from him over the past couple of weeks since health care passed that he's looking ahead to. That his place in history, you know, presidents always talk about that in their seventh year in office, you know. Yeah. But he yeah. doesn't have that luxury of waiting till then because no. his, he knows history's eyes are on him now as uh, every every minute unique every minute in yep. American history, and so he's not just thinking, oh, I'm the first. He's thinking this has to, we have to lay the groundwork here for all of it because yep. from here on out. The the way this white house, <laughs> the stains on the mattress in the white house bedroom. 
are going to be post-racial. Yes, yes. He's he's right. He's absolutely and that. And 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 that's why. And I would I would never have thought to put it that way were it not for you, Drickle. Well, thank you. It's the least I can do, isn't it? Uh, But but the uh, I think you're I think you're quite on point here, and I think that the. That's why you never hear him losing his temper. Right. You hear him getting righteous, and this yeah. is what disappoints me. I want the angry man to, to no, we grab. All, all us liberals want yes. him to go. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want somebody to just once, just yeah. once, go up and punch John Boehner in the in throat. In the nose. Yeah. yeah in the, just punch in the orange punch nose. the yeah. yeah punch the bronzer right slap yeah. the bronzer right off that guy. <laughs> uh, but he can't ever do that. No. And Barack Obama knows damn well the first time he pops off in public. Yeah. Not gets righteously sort of church angry mm-hmm. at injustice generally, but really just sort of just cold cock somebody. He's the angry black man. Boom, he's done. As we've talked about this New Yorker article in particular, because New Yorker is part of Condé Nast's publishing empire. Um, yes. But I've seen a lot of placement ads on the Internet today for Condé Nast Traveler, and that's their very high-end travel magazine. Mm-hmm. And they're selling subscriptions to it. So these internet ads are guaranteeing you that if you order now, you are guaranteed the Michelle Obama issue. Oh. Which is a cover story about Mrs. Obama's Washington. Oh. She's standing there very, um, you hate to say it, Jackie O. She's got the pearls. Uh, Oh, hell yeah. What are you kidding me? Smooth bouffant. Like this is an accident, right? She's saying exactly what Jackie Kennedy said, which is this is your White House. Right. Would you like to see the China? Would you like to see yeah. your White House? Yeah. And there's so many signifiers going on with all uh-huh. of that. The kind of person who's going to order Condé Nast Traveler. <laughs> you know, we are so. I'm, I'm looking at this cover. Uh huh. And it's uh, in this issue: Paris, Istanbul, Morocco, London, Costa Rica, Holland, Buenos Aires, San Francisco, Melbourne, Portugal. And the cover story is Mrs. Obama's Washington, why the first lady loves her new hometown. Oh. And it's just the the signifier oh. there is just look at the white people that that is talking to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, reassur- and reassuring. And reassuring. Uh-huh. And, and, and isn't it interesting that it is the friends of Bush 41 yeah. that they're talking to? It is Brent yeah. Snowcroft. It's David Gergen. You know, you don't have to like any of these people. I'm not right. saying you have to like any of these people or agree with them but, on anything. <laughs> but they arrived. But they subscribe to Condé Nast Travelers. Yes, they do. You know. Yes, they do. And they and they arrived at a moment at a detente. Yeah. They don't care about race. They no. care about class. They, they care, care about, about class. class. Exactly. And yeah. it is it is about. I hate to say this, folks. It is about breaching that wall and being making yourself acceptable enough to the ruling class. That you can get in and make a few changes along the way. Yep. And radicals need not apply. Yep. And that's that's the America we live in. It's not the America we want to live in, yeah. but that's the America we live in. Yep. And, and our job as the liberal blogosphere, our job as liberals, is to figure out how to make that machine work for the people and by the people mm-hmm. and of the people. Period. And on that note, Blue Gal. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and thank you for your emails. We Love hearing from you. We're at DGBG Podcast. That's DG for Drift Glass and BG for Blue Gal. Podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to our podcast 
We have a free player on our website at dgbgpodcast.blogspot.com. And uh, we are holding a perpetual fundraiser over there, you know, but, <laughs> that there are people who have not contributed to our fundraiser who probably went to see Avatar. They probably still have those stupid glasses, they too. Probably have. <laughs> uh-huh. if, you went to, if you spent 10 bucks for Avatar, but, you listened to us for half an hour and you haven't forked over five bucks. How can you live with yourself? How you know can who, you live you know, with yourself? <laughs> you know who would be ashamed of you? The Navi. Don't make the Navi cry in beautiful <laughs> CGI imagery. Yeah, that's 17, 18 bucks you blew to watch blue people fuck on to watch. Did <laughs> they say Fern Gully with sex? Where did you, know you, how you get could, that? I stole it from liberal filth. I think I stole it from Al Spark. Fern Gully Radio. with sex. That's great. And, and are you feeling bad about all that money you flushed down the toilet? Redeem but, yourself by giving some to intelligence. <laughs> and you can't redeem yourself because that's not within our power. But we can. You can buy off your conscience you can for a buy, couple of you, hours. We will. We will. We will not make you feel guilty for giving right. money to James Cameron. <laughs> right. When someone looks over their glasses at you in in awe <laughs> and and pity and says, "You blew twenty bucks on that piece of crap," you can say, "Yeah, hey, but I threw right. five bucks I gave in the DGBG podcast." So shut up. Well, okay. All right. You know who said selling indulgences was dead. <laughs> Which which of your which which of your cats has the iPad tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to buy two because you know cats. Oh will... yeah, you had to buy one for each cat because cats are cats are not a sharing species. <laughs> I'm gonna let the uh, the the little one play us out tonight. Play okay. us out tonight, little internet paranoid kitty. <laughs> podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gale Podcast.